Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Before I get started, I just want to congratulate um, Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy, Chris Young, and all the players, ownership. They're an amazing franchise. They won their first world championship in franchise history, and um, it's quite an accomplishment. They were the best team. They beat us fair and square. The Arizona Diamondbacks lose five to nothing in the game. They lose the series four to one. The Texas Rangers, for the first time in their history, starting back in the 1960s, excuse me, the 1970s, as the team of the Washington Senators' second coming, have won the World Series. Zach Gallen, no hitter through six, gives up three straight hits to start the seventh inning, and that's all it took to become the losing pitcher because the Diamondbacks' bats did absolutely nothing in this game. Paul Seawald, the man who blew the save in game one of the World Series, blows the ninth inning by giving up four runs at the top of the ninth to put the game out of reach. The Diamondbacks went one for 16 in the game whenever they had a runner on base. Manager Tori Lavello, how do you feel? I want to run away and hide for a few days. I want to go camping and just sit in the tent and, and suck my thumb, you know, and eat ice cream. He started the press conference not by talking, but by hugging his family, who he saw in the back of the room. That got emotional, and then he started the press conference emotional, and it ended that way. Corey Seager became the only man other than Reggie Jackson to win two different MVP awards in the World Series. He only batted 286 with six base hits. But three of the six hits were home runs. He scored six runs and had six RBIs. Next up for the Diamondbacks, on the road, at Salt River Fields against the Rockies, February 23rd for the first game of spring training. If you're wondering, first pitch is at 105. Coyotes gave up two goals in the first 10 minutes to Troy Terry, came back to score three goals thanks to Lawson Krause putting in two of them, then blew their 3-2 lead. It went to overtime, and then Troy Terry got his second career hat trick, scoring in the OT, Ducks win 4-3. Head coach Andre Turney. We stayed on the outside too much offensively, and I think defensively we were not uh, consistent in our uh, pressure. That game was in Anaheim. It's a back-to-back. They're home against Montreal tonight, 7 o'clock. Head coach Jonathan Gannon says Kyler Murray looks awesome. Clayton Toon says if he's the guy that starts, sitting has prepared him to start. I think there's some merit to it. I think, you know, like I said, you can learn a lot um, from watching guys, you know, seeing a lot of ball. The NFL is a different game, so just seeing how the NFL is played. Now, it's up to the Cardinals to be able to handle the Browns. Kickoff Sunday, 11 in the morning. Suns are at home tonight. They take on the same team they just lost to. No word as of yet, but it's expected Booker and Beal will be out. Tip-off against San Antonio, 7 o'clock. Hey, head coach Kenny Dillingham says the intensity of practice is stepping up. We're actually practicing like a team that I think has a chance to compete and win. 
We'll see if they can do that. They take on Utah at 11 in the morning on Saturday. And U of A got their conference schedule. We'll go over that in a second. But finally, meet Brittany Florkovich. Brittany is an evolutionary psychologist who, after a deep study that you didn't know in cat-to-cat communication, if they are actual domesticated cats, they have 276 facial expressions to kind of show displeasure and happiness. Of course, that's highly more than was expected. Undomesticated cats have far fewer facial expressions. Cats. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat. You walk over for happy hour with your wife. You might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Just that empty pit in your stomach. And of all reasons to have lost this World Series, it was mostly bullpen and defense, which were the strengths of the team going in. That's what stabs you in the face. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates you. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world. Totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Mercs. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Um, I actually have a decent shirt on today. I just realized I forgot to button the collar because nowadays there aren't these collars, button collars, and then I just realized that I didn't do it. And I can't – oh, there, that button's even missing. Oh, there it is. Never mind. Sorry that I'm getting dressed on air. I'm a little thrown by wearing this. But I uh, today is the final day of media availability for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They open up the clubhouse. And so I'm going to be going to that. And I just realized uh, Izzy's not feeling well, so Izzy's not going to be here to do 
iOS from 10 to noon. At least I don't think, unless Jeff Weir Production, are we doing it from, is he uh, going to call in from, from home and do it? Not that I'm aware okay. of. Okay. We so may I- try to do that moving forward, but I, I don't know yet. Okay. So having said that, I don't know if you're interested in going uh, to the Diamondbacks uh, media avail- availability today. Chris and I actually have a meeting in uh, Glendale. That oh, that sounds important. To. That yeah. sounds important. Uh, so, therefore, never mind. But I'm going there today to uh, – I'm not smart enough to be able to button that button, so you'll just have to deal with it until the – I would love break. to go with you, though. Oh, thank I you. Would. Thank you. Now, see, this is going to bother me that I can't do it. I have some <laughs> some – you like, want me to come in there and, and do it for you? No, I, w- I would never have that happen. I, I don't have the dexterity to do this because I have some arthritic issues in the fingers, and uh, it's just not happening. So, uh, yes, my wife does dress me sometimes, and I mean literally do the – yeah, there's, it, there's, there's massive issues there from uh, the way I've treated the body. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything different. I, I love what playing through injuries taught me in high school, but I was smart enough to know – that the, the athletic career is going to die. And if you have any idea by listening to the things I say and how frustrated I get at athletes sometimes, it has everything to do with – I don't like to consider it jealousy, but it would be fair to call it jealousy. But it is just – I got every ounce of athletic talent I could possibly get out of this body. Uh, I always joke that I was very athletic, but I wasn't an athlete. You know, there's like a line to really be an athlete – and I wasn't there. But I played three sports in high school, broke uh, over 20 bones playing, and would just play on it. You know, I didn't care. And it's funny because I'm one of the toughest guys you'll ever meet as far as playing through normal sports injuries, and yet if my stomach hurts, I am the biggest wuss. In, Hold in, on, you broke 20 bones from oh, what, from age what to what? Oh, boy, good question. I broke a toe when I was 14, I think, maybe 13, maybe I bet 14. And from 14 on is when I, when I, when the injuries, you know, started mounting up. Wow. The, uh, the last one would have been uh, um, early 40s ruptured plantar fascia while playing indoor soccer. And, uh, and, but then you can, it's still me. It doesn't matter that I'm 40, it's still me. So, after you rupture your plantar fat, you literally cannot run. You can barely move. But I had spent $120 to play indoor soccer, and it was the very first shift, very first game. Well, I'm not leaving, so I kept playing that year on, on a ruptured plantar fascia. I literally could only, I, I could like, I, I literally hobbled back and forth, and and it would, and the biggest problem was coming, getting in and out of the game because you're supposed to like run onto the field, and like I could, I just couldn't run. But I'm playing. I paid my money, just like you did, Joe. Just, just like you did, whoever you are. I can't remember my teammates' names, but like I'm not. And everyone's like, "Hey, hey, you're you're hurt way too bad." Uh, listen, I don't care how bad I'm hurt. I paid to play, so I'm playing. That's funny. I broke my only bone playing soccer too. Yeah, I've only ever broken my wrist. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, obviously, soccer. you fell. I fell. Yeah. Yeah. I got sli- I got tackled. It sounds like you're a striker then. That was defense. You were defense. Mm-hmm. That that shocks me that you were defense. Yeah, I was a defender the whole time I played soccer. Wow, that, three years, but that, that really really surprises me. I would have never guessed that. Mm-hmm. Just because you're small, you know, and small people, it's easy to break it. You, like you, like right. you guys were like strikers. Small guys were strikers, and I would come in and and see if I could take your legs out. Yeah, I wasn't good enough to be a striker. Oh, okay. Well, what do you mean? There's no phrase. What do you mean good enough? That's biased against defenders. <laughs> Man, is that offensive? 
Um, there's there's a lot of bad trash talkers. I don't quite understand this. You can imagine I I put out that hilarious video of me toasting the Brewers and the Dodgers and the Phillies and and drinking three beers. Well, that got on some kind of Dodger fan website. So after the Diamondbacks lost last night, I started getting a flood of tweets. Where is this guy out? Hey, clown, how are you feeling today? Blah, blah, blah. I got all kinds of tweets uh, because the Diamondbacks ended up losing the World Series. Can I just say, all of you that tweeted me, please don't vote or reproduce. You guys are really stupid people. I mean, let me, let me just make sure I understand this. You got swept out of the playoffs two rounds ago. We don't even remember playing you anymore. You're just you're so far in our past, Dodger fan. To then reach back from the grave and say, "Ha, ah, you didn't win either." Are you kidding? You went zero and three in the playoffs. You played six months of baseball just to go zero and three to your little kid brother, as you like to think of us. And now somehow you get joy and say, "Ah, you didn't do well in the World Series." Really? I mean, like, is that supposed to hurt? Hey, Dodger fan, right now. At least in 2023, you're beneath us. All right? We'll see you next year. Thank you. There's your trash. Uh, How about this? This is crazy. So November 1st is a holy day of obligation as what it's called for uh, those of us that are in the Catholic religion. So uh, we went to Mass last night. Mass was at 630, right in the heart of the game. So I did not want to know what was going on in the game. I didn't want to have any idea what was going on. And Jennifer was acting weird, getting ready for mass. And whenever somebody acts, everybody in the house knows how desperately I want to watch a no-hitter live. And I could just feel it. I could just feel by her nervousness. And this was game five was a game I was trying to go to. And, and I, just, I just knew. I just knew a no-hitter is going on or something magical is happening. Well, then... We get in the car after mass, and she says, I can't take it. And she turns on the game. I'm like, what? I don't, A, I don't want to listen to the game. B, I shouldn't say it, but B, I don't want to listen to that station. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I have listened to the station one time. Since I got fired, uh, I had to go in. It was like a, a month after I had been fired or something, and I had to go in to do a couple commercials. And it was right in the time that Wolf was on air. So I thought, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be in the office, I'm gonna say hi to Wolf, and then I I'm, I want to know what he was talking about. And I didn't want to walk in and and have him ask me a question and, I, and me go oh i wasn't listening are you crazy you know i just i didn't want to do that so i listen i have not listened since that point so uh partially because i don't want somebody else clouding my opinions i want my opinions to be my opinions and not ripping them off of somebody else but also because of the fact that i'm not bitter anymore but why why find out if I, you know, what's, what, I don't want to get in touch with those emotions anymore. Move on. So I, I don't mess with it. So now I'm listening to the station. It was great to hear the governor, Greg, Greg Schulte. That was wonderful. So I, I'm listening. It's one to nothing. And we get home from mass right around the, the I think the bottom of the eighth ended as we're pulling into our street. 
So we're coming into the house and it's one nothing. And I usually don't even like to watch. For, uh, I watch everything from the beginning. And I fast forward in the DVR, uh, not to where something happens, because I need to watch every pitch. I want to know, why did you throw this in this situation? I want to see your breaking stuff. I want to know what's working. I want to try to get into the heads of the manager and the coaches and the pitchers so I and the catchers so I know what's happening. So I start at the beginning. But after being drawn in to leaving more runners on base in the eighth, I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to watch the ninth inning. So we, we literally – are pulling onto our street, the eighth inning ends. By the time we get into the house, I take off my wallet, my watch, and have, you know, I have this, just like every man, I have this little cubby area where that's daddy's, and that's where all my stuff goes so I don't lose it. And, uh, and then uh, go upstairs, take church clothes off, put on shorts and a T-shirt, and get to the television. I, I, I swear that only took four minutes, something like that. It was five to nothing when I turned the TV on. I, wait! Paul Seawall, what's it? What's what? That's all that happened. I that was shocking to me, to because I had that spirit, didn't you? Hey, we're we're gonna win this game. I, I don't know if we're gonna win the series anymore. You know, maybe we get blitzkrieg by Texas once we get to uh, Arlington. I don't know what's gonna happen, but what I do know is we're winning this game. We are winning Game Five down one to nothing, and four minutes later, like we are World Series losers, and then. Dodger tweets. So that was that was the the extent of my non-work evening before I started rolling and getting ready for uh, today's show. Um, just in case something falls through, I don't want to tell you yet what it is. Okay, but November eleventh, which is a Saturday, God bless the United States of America. Thank you to all of our veterans for giving us our freedom. But on November eleventh, it will. There's a I'm going to say 99% chance, just in case something falls through, but a 99% chance that that will be the biggest day in the history of Doug Franz Unplugged, November 11th. So you will find out a lot more coming up in probably through the course of next week. Um, I, I probably won't say anything until afterwards now that I think of it because I'm just I'm always worried, hey, something might happen and things and plans fall through. But November 11th, there's going to be an enormous thing that I'm going to be doing. And then you will learn about it all the week after. And then WTSMTV.com will have an incredibly special presentation later on in that week, about five, about five days or so after November 11th. So please stay tuned. That week of Doug Franz Unplugged, it will be, it will be legendary. And it's the, uh, the most journalistic and professional thing I've ever tried to do. But I think it's an important message. So please stay tuned for that coming up in, uh, in about a week and a half. Tomorrow night, no longer a World Series watch party. That stinks. But still having happy hour. Please put it on your schedule. I'm not making it a sanctioned event because I understand what a pain in the butt it is to get hit with a sanctioned event. I talked about it yesterday, and then all of a sudden for me to say, hey, I need you there tomorrow, but hey, I'd really like you to be there. So I want to be fair to you. It's not a sanctioned event. You don't lose your status, but can you stop what you're doing and figure out a way to get there? I'm going to be at a 100 mi- at 100 Mile Brewing, which is located in Tempe at the 202 Scottsdale and Rural. Turn into the Macayos, go past the hotel, white renovated building behind both of those two places. Yes, it's really like that. 
You are traveling on the 202. You head southbound on Scottsdale Road right before it turns into rural. And I mean the split second you get off the 202, bam, you're turning right into the Makayos. But don't stop at Makayos because they're not a sponsor. But I just needed to give them a free plug for the landmark. Then drive right through the parking lot and you're going to end up in a hotel parking lot. And it is a tight squeeze. You're going to think, Doug, what are you, what are, what are you doing to me? Go past the hotel. And as soon as you do that, there'll be a white building, and you'll say, hey, this is pretty cool. That's 100 Mile Brewing. We're going to be there for a, uh, a happy hour. I'm going to be there at about 4.30. I'm going to stay to about 6.30, but feel free to tweet me, because if I can talk intern McKenna into coming home with the family, then, you know, then I have a driver. And I might be there longer. But if I don't have a driver, I'm not going to sit at a happy hour, have two beers over the course of two hours or like four hours. No way. No way. I'm either having a beer or two and enjoying a two-hour happy hour or I'm staying, I'm eating, I'm there the whole time. Let's go. So everybody that's uh, that's available, please put it on your schedule to have a beer with me on your way home or eat. go ahead and eat dinner as far as at 100 mile brew brewing so go home grab uh it's it's a family oriented brewery so you can grab the family and then come in for happy hour i'd love to see you coming up tomorrow 100 mile brewing it's again 202 and rural and scottsdale road all of that right there in tempe if i went too fast or confused you tweet me or email me and i'll help you out with uh, individual directions uh sound credits today we've got uh uh, let's see, uh, Sun Devil Source, we, we went to their YouTube channel and got Kenny Dillingham. Uh, Tori Lovello, thanks to MLB.tv. Uh, Andre Turini, uh, Andre Turini, sorry, from uh, the Arizona Coyotes PR department. And Clayton Toon from azcardinals.com. And Coach Jonathan Gannon, same thing, from azcardinals.com. Uh, I, I think I just covered everything. Anything on your mind, Jeff Weir Production? No, sir, you nailed it. All right, well then, let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's big one today is just simply thank you. There's nothing more to it than that. Of course, I've got a lot of feelings today about Paul Seawald. I've got an awful lot of feelings about Christian Walker, the air from Alec Thomas, the lack of offense, um, thoughts about Ken Kendrick. We've got a lot to go over today. But the, the number one thing, my number one opinion is just appreciation and thanks to the 2023 National League champion, Arizona Diamondbacks. It's easy after a World Series to not think about that phrase. But just say that with me. The 2023 National League champion, Arizona Diamondbacks. And an 84-win team, it's it's something that can be argued forever. Does an 84-win team deserve it? And the argument should be, do you deserve to get into the playoffs? That should be the argument. There should be no argument, do you deserve the World Series? No argument whatsoever. And the reason why I separate the two of those things is you can do whatever you want with your own playoffs. I'm one that loves baseball where I want fewer teams in the playoffs. A ton of people disagree with me on that. I want fewer teams in the playoffs. I think the sanctity of the 162-game season should be held firm. However... Baseball disagrees. Okay, fine. Once you start the season and say this is the playoff format, then let the best team win. And the six National League teams that made the playoffs, congratulations. 
the hardest road of any team to get to the playoffs was the, or excuse me, get to the World Series was the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they did it. The Marlins didn't do it. They had a similar road. They weren't able to do it. They weren't even able to get out of the first round. And all the other teams were either division winners or in the case of the Philadelphia Phillies, had home field advantage in two of the three rounds that they played in. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks to go through one 100-win team and another team that knocked off a 100-win team, hey, and the Rangers were basically a division winner all year long until the final weekend. The Arizona Diamondbacks earned that World Series. And therefore, that's why we get to call them 2023 National League Champions. I would like to say thank you. The joy that you brought my family this year was just incredible. Taking my family to game four of the NLCS and feeling that excitement of coming back on one of the greatest closers of all time. To see our city for a short window, we've got a long way to go to prove it and stay consistent, but for a short window, we were a baseball town. And it's actually a dream of mine. I've always wanted to live in a baseball town. I love the game of baseball. And that organization and you, the fan base, gave me a dream come true. And it, it was only a month. You know, I, I would love for it to be permanent. And that's up to the Diamondbacks. And that's up to you on whether or not that happens. Not, and obviously not do it for me, but it, that's still my dream. And it was just wonderful to have that happen in this last month. So thank you. That's number one. Let's get to the game and the series and 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 everything now. Um, I want you know what this is weird. This is not the way to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want to start with 2024. Before we get into the end of 2023, I already want to get to 2024. I'm a quickly look ahead kind of guy, and there's no way the organization is is totally ready to look ahead. But number one, you got to get over yourself. You, you really do, and that's that's rude to say. But almost all contracts end after the World Series. So the 2023 season, even though it hurts and and the general manager, the manager ownership, you're not ready to turn the page yet. You want to mourn. And I think you heard that hilarious quote from Tori Lovello in which he said that he wants to just go suck his thumb. He goes to camp, suck his thumb and eat ice cream right now. Contracts that end in 2023, they actually set, end after the World Series. So 2024, even though you can't sign somebody, has started. It's time to get ready. Number one, I am so thrilled. The Dodgers are not dead. But I believe the mystique of the Dodgers over the Diamondbacks is dead. That does not mean we're going to go into L.A. and sweep the very first series of the year in 2024. I don't mean it that way at all. But as the Dodgers have just been annihilating the Diamondbacks over the course of the last four to five years, they haven't been annihilating Corbin Carroll necessarily. They haven't been dominating Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy. They haven't been dominating Lourdes Gurriel and Gabby Moreno. They haven't been dominating Perdomo. And when you look at it through that prism, if you remember how well the Diamondbacks did to start the season, and that was primarily against the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers wiped the table with us later in the year. Yes, they did. 
But that's point one, is now that that mystique is gone, in the eyes of those guys, for me, it's kind of still there, I admit. For me, it's like, oh, they're still the behemoth in the division. They've still got the money. They've still got all the facility. They've still got this, 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 this. Look out, okay? I'm not ready to pick the Diamondbacks over the Dodgers in 2024 at all. But my opinion doesn't matter. If you look at it through the prism of the names that I mentioned, the young players, why in the world should Corbin Carroll fear the L.A. Dodgers? What have they done to him? He's not used to losing for five straight years to the Dodgers. So once you've removed that mystique, that's when it's time to stare right at Ken Kendrick and say, what are you going to do about it? It is so obvious what this team needs, right? I mean, can we all be clear? Number one, they need a stud starting pitcher. Doesn't have to be an ace. Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly proved once again they could be the aces of almost any staff in Major League Baseball. Not all of them, but almost every one of them. And we've got two of them. We're blessed. And then what? I think Brandon Fott is going to stick in this rotation. I think we all loved the moxie that we saw from him. Then what? I don't want you to go out and get, let's try to get a number four starter who might compete for a spot in the rotation. Okay? Maybe you have Ryan Nelson compete for that spot. You've also got some young players that can come up. Let the competition happen for the number five spot. Yes. Competition breeds great things. I don't want, though, competition for spots four and five. Let's go get somebody. Let's be special. Let's compete now. The players showed you they're ready. Now you show the city you're ready to ride this train that the city gave you of the sellouts, of the streak, and the noise, and what they brought to the table. Now, I will tell you, as a member of the Unplugged Army, I'm going to be driving home like crazy buying tickets in 2024 if they sign somebody. Yeah. If they sign somebody, I'm going to say they're doing their job. Now it's our turn. And I, we don't owe the Diamondbacks our money. We don't owe them ticket sales. But I do say I want to defeat the argument that we're not a baseball town or we're a bandwagon town or things like that. And the way you defeat it is to show I'm here. But I, I want the Diamondbacks to prove it first. And signing a starter at the number four spot, that's huge. And then, obviously, this team desperately needs a bat. If you want to bring back Evan Longoria because he's a nice leader and a nice person, that's great. Wonderful. Knock yourself out. I don't have any problems with Emmanuel Rivera, okay? But don't come back with a cheesy platoon at third base, all right? Decide which one of those two gentlemen you want to keep and go sign somebody who bats opposite-handed of, the, of whichever one you're keeping, or do it in reverse. You go get an excellent third baseman that's got power and then keep the other one. So if you get a righty, then keep uh, uh, Rivera. If you get blah, blah, blah. I say we've got to make a move there. We've got to, we've got to do something um, at, uh, at third base in a, in a big way. And I don't know why I acted like Rivera bats lefty. I just looked. I'm like, wait a minute. What am I talking about? Opposite-handed. Um, I would love a left-handed hitting third baseman, but those are kind of hard to find unless they're Canadian. We've got to – did I ever tell you that? That's not a racist blast on Canadians. A lot of Canadians are just like the regular human beings. 80% of Canadians are right-handed. However, they bat left-handed. Most Canadians do. 
And the reason why is they want their hockey stick in their right hand. So when they do a poke check, since they're right-handed, it's in their right hand. But that creates a left-handed shot. Well, then what do they do? They get used to playing golf and baseball batting left-handed because they have a left-handed shot in soccer. Or What is that? They have a left-handed uh, stance in baseball because of the fact that the stick is in the right hand, so it's at the bottom of the stick, and they're used to the left-handed shot. I don't know if you ever knew that, but it's kind of an interesting part of genetics slash uh, evolution, I guess, Canadian evolution. We need a third baseman, and we need, a, we need a, a, a starter. I would like to also – now this is starting to get wishful thinking. I'd like to get somebody in the bullpen and make sure Castro does not throw the ball again for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I am frustrated with Paul Seawald. I'm extremely disappointed that he failed so miserably in the World Series. Miserably. Had a miserable World Series. If he does his job in game one, you're up 2-0 coming home. I, I believe the Diamondbacks are world champions. I do. If he does his job yesterday, I have no idea if I'm right. This is totally being fanboy. But I still feel like the Diamondbacks would, would have found a way to score at least a run and tie that thing up. But maybe not. Maybe not. But he ensured a Rangers victory by getting shelled. I'm not willing to make that leap that says, see, he chokes. Because of the fact, without him, we're not here. It's easy to forget the previous big save that he gets when he blows big saves. Then you go, oh, that's what, that's what, that's what we remember. He did well enough this year to be the closer of the 2024 Diamondbacks. If he flames out again, okay, now let's talk about that. But I say we come back with him. We just need somebody else in middle relief, and I think that's not going to be very hard to find. Let's get to 2023 and how it ended. Um, Tori Lavello, why don't you start with just – I'm sorry to ask the cheesy question that everybody asks in moments like this, but how do you feel right now? Before I get started, I just want to congratulate um, the Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy, Chris Young, and all their players, ownership. They're an amazing franchise. They won their first world championship in franchise history, and um, it's quite an accomplishment. They were the best team. They beat us fair and square. Um, as far as your question, yeah, I, I just got done telling the guys that I'm so proud of what they've done, and we have to step back for a minute and, and tell ourselves that We've done a lot of really amazing things this year. And then we got on this really fun ride through the course of the postseason. And <clears throat> um, you just never want it to stop. It's like your favorite roller coaster that you never want to get off of. And you want to be the last team standing. And you want to be in the middle of a pile and have everybody pile on top of you. That's, that's the best feeling in the world. So um, some have been there. <clears throat> and we, we're we going to continue to climb that mountain. And once we get there, we want to stay there for a long time. But the reason why um, it hurts so bad is because we care so much. We care about this baseball community. We care about the fans of Arizona, um, the Bleed Sedona Red with us that have backed us. You know, those are the things that go through my mind. I know all the players. This is painful. This is, this is just painful plain painful and I can't quite move past that right now but I will and I told the guys to absorb it and and process it the right way don't compartmentalize it don't put it away think about how you feel when you get to that point and we'll get to that crossroad at some point and be able to say 
wow, it's a great run. And we did something pretty, pretty amazing. It shocked me at first when I just saw how emotional his face looked when the press conference started. That was his first comments at the beginning of the press conference. And then I heard the story and totally understood it. Of course, you're going to have a little bit of emotions with your players. But he walked into the media room. And just so you know, the media room at Chase Field, it's, a, it's not very wide, but it's a very long room. And yet, the microphone that the Diamondbacks use, great acoustics. The, whoever runs it, that microphone that they have, fantastic. MLB came in and changed everything, and, the, and it stinks. <laughs> but, but when it's just the Diamondbacks PR department, it's great. You get great sound in there. So a long, skinny room in which there's a little bit of a podium. So as soon as Tori Lovello walks in he, to the door, he turns, his, he turns to his right, walks up a couple steps, and now he's on a platform. And then there's media in regular chairs about normally five rows deep in the regular season. There's probably about 15 rows deep uh, in the postseason. And then there's raised platforms in the back of the room with a whole bunch of cameras that uh that that obviously film the pressers well a lot of times family members will either sit in the empty seats in the regular season i say a lot of times but sometimes there's like a, a couple people that are there for the first time to witness a press conference and then in the back maybe a family member or two well tori lovello's family was in the back so when he walks in he sees the family and instead of going straight to the presser, hugs them first. And after hugging them, got emotional and then went up and tried to do the press conference versus doing it in reverse. Let me handle the presser and then I'll come get emotional with you. So he's already emotional after that hug. And I, I, you can really feel it once you get family involved. Um, I only know this on a smaller level, much smaller level. But the sacrifices you make to be good at a job like, for, for me, the hours that I put into it, you want to be able to reward your family. You want to be able to say all of your sacrifices and giving up time with me led to this. You know, and you want, it, you want so badly to give them that. And when you fail... And, and that's what this was. The, the, say it. The Diamondbacks failed in the World Series. When you look at it through that prism, and I know that that's what Tori Lovello is feeling, it's almost like you feel like you've monopolized the, the amount of time your family gave you t to do this and you didn't get it done. And you're so appreciative and, and so agonizingly in pain for not delivering, you feel like you abused their time. You took them for granted. And even though your family doesn't feel that way, that's how you feel. So now take that emotion, walk up there to that podium, and look back at your family looking at you, and now try to explain to the world why it didn't work. That's that's why there's emotion there. I, I can totally uh, I can totally feel that from uh, from Tori Lovello. I there's a couple great great questions that were asked. One of them is the next one where a guy named Jack, who I have a lot of respect for, just said, uh, Tori, I can't imagine how raw the emotions are right now, but obviously there's things that you want to improve on, things that you want to change for next year to get back here. So uh, 
when does 2024 start? Man, that's a good question. I just want to... I want to run away and hide for a few days. I want to go camping and just sit in the tent and and suck my thumb, you know, <laughs> and eat ice cream. <laughs> Is that the weirdest answer you guys have ever had right there? <laughs> um, and just let it run its course the way it's supposed to, you know. Um, hurt when I'm supposed to hurt, cry when I'm supposed to cry, feel good when I'm supposed to feel good. But when I wake up on that one morning, whenever it is, could be a week from now, 10 days from now, it's gonna be a little while, I know that, I know how I operate. But when it is, it's gonna be turn the page and let's go, it's go time. So um, I think everybody's in that same boat right now. And we just, I, wa I wanna hurt, I wanna hurt because I wanna remember what this feels like because I never wanna feel it again. And everybody knows that feeling that I'm talking about, whether it's personal, something personal or something professional, you just, you wanna move off of these moments. but. I'm not going to run away from it. There are times where that man drives me nuts. I, just full disclosure, it drives me nuts. There are so many decisions that I think he makes total analytically, and it's like, Tori, don't you see what's happening? Don't do that. And there are other decisions that he makes kind of more off the field that affect the on-field product that I terribly disagree with. I think he cares too much. I, I, I'm honestly saying this about the feelings of his players instead of, hey, win games, that'll earn you the respect of your players. Win games. And the decisions you make sometimes that are trying to either soothe things over or not stand up for something against a player then creates more drama. But he really cares about the guys liking him and respecting him. And you can see how human he is by that reaction about ice cream and then the way he looked away, which I'm assuming meant don't look at my family right now because I'll lose it, and the emotions of that moment. And you can just see what a fascinatingly wonderful human being he is. And I hope I do a good job of separating my times of frustration with manager Tori Lovello that you never question when you watch or listen to Doug Franz Unplugged presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass that you're never questioning how good of a person he is or how good I, of a person I think he is uh, and my respect for him as a man. Uh, Tori, what would you think of uh, Zach Gallon's no-hitter through seven or through six? It was everything that that he could possibly give us and then some. Um, you know, I was, I was Zach watching the way everybody else was. It was no hits through whatever, six and a third. I can't – I don't know exactly what it was, but – he answered the bell. He came out fighting, and he was slugging it out. I feel like had we scored some early runs, it would have been a little bit of a different outcome. Um, but we didn't, and he kept us in the game. Without him, we wouldn't have been in the position that we were in. The game really was in the balance until the ninth inning when they when they blew it open with four runs. And uh, that's what good teams do. They did, they did that on their own. Um, but at the end of the day, when I walked in this ballpark today, I knew that Zach was going to be our starting pitcher, and I felt really good about it. I know what's inside of him. I know where his heart is, and he didn't let us down. That's awesome. I think that was really, really important. I think that if Zach Gallen would have had a great season, I mean a legendary season, and then got blown up in his last game of the year, 
it's almost like okay now now you've got that needle sticking in your side all offseason imagine the 2024 Zach Allen but after the year that he had this year I thought Zach Allen had a good year but I don't think he pitched like an ace and I think that game was so important to end the season the way an ace ends the season. I don't want to lose. But if you would have said to me, it's guaranteed the Diamondbacks are losing game five of the World Series, what's one thing you want to see happen? I would have struggled with the question, but it would have been these two things. I would like to have seen Christian Walker go four for five with two homers and get him back or get Zach Gallon going and have him pitch like an ace. And we got that one. So now he can go into the offseason knowing I pitched the highest leverage game of my life and look what I did. There's nothing wrong with me. I've just got to bring it every game, really understand what I'm trying to do, learn from 2023 in the areas where I was good, and then the areas where I was average, fix them. And you get you get that feeling with the way he pitched. So I thought that was huge for him. The one thing that's a major issue for this team, and I don't know what you do about it because I don't want to get rid of anybody, but the outfield defense is an issue in one aspect. The arms are weak. Nobody in the outfield for this organization has a good arm. They make ah, Jake McCarthy's isn't bad. They make up for it by obviously catching more balls. You can have a guy with a great arm that's slow, okay, and he's not catching some of the balls that these guys catch. So I don't want to give up the no-fly zone defense. I don't want to give up how many balls they get to. But the air by Alec Thomas in this game, unacceptable air, rip him, can't have it, blah, blah, blah. But I know what happened. If you didn't get to see the game, ground ball in the ninth inning through the infield, kind of a more of a line drive through the infield, but a ground ball into the outfield. And Alec Thomas, because anybody without an arm knows – You've got to attack that baseball quickly. And in what you lose in arm action, you've got to gain in the quick mechanics. The scoop, the crow hop, which is how you set your throw up with your feet after you've secured the ball, and then the follow through. If you can do all of that faster, you make up for what you lose when you release the ball. And that's what he's trying to do. He's speeding everything up. Also, and this is a this is an okay thing. Don't I'm not ripping anybody for this. But as the playoffs continue, crowds get louder and louder and louder. And therefore you don't hear your teammates as well. So normally you keep your eyes on the ball because you're hearing two, 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 four, four, four. But in that heavy crowd noise, sometimes you don't hear it. So what do you do? You take a peek. And you can just see the bill of his cap go up a little bit as Alec Thomas is getting ready to field that, field that ball. Shoop, goes right under the glove, rolls all the way to the wall. Huge and costly air and very deflating. So you have that air in game five, the really bad air from Christian Walker in game four, Seawald getting blown up. The things that you can count on the most for this team, I would say that there's three. Speed, defense, bullpen. Two of the three failed you in this series. Two of the three failed you. And it's really why, I mean, the offense is why you lost too. I'm not taking any blame off of the pathetic offense in game five. And really in game four too. But if you really look at the true controllables, 
Defense and bullpen were the biggest problems in, in, in why this team lost the World Series. Tori, tell us about the defensive struggles and what can be done about it. Yeah, inside of the day today and yesterday a little bit, it was um, kind of a grinding type of um, feeling. We weren't we weren't playing freely defensively, and you see what happens when you make mistakes like that. It and you do it against good teams on this level in the final series of the year. It compounds itself, and it, it led to some led to some crooked numbers you know I'm not saying they would or wouldn't have scored runs but Alec was just trying to knock down 90 feet and save that guy going for first third and it led to a big inning so um, we try to play fast it means sometimes defensively it means sometimes we make some mistakes but we've been very good all year long at securing the baseball the last two days we did not and made it showed up and made a difference I'm glad he didn't sugarcoat it um, it's very easy to say hey without Christian Walker we're not in this series and that's true that's totally true but you know Christian Walker has to leave this World Series and and tr- please take what I'm gonna say and it's not one of those things where you go you know I don't lo- I don't respect people that try to tweet athletes or reach out to athletes to tell them how poorly they did nobody cares more than Christian Walker so this is not a slam on the human being that is Christian Walker. But if Christian Walker remotely does his job in this series, it's hard to say they win it when you lose 4-1, you know? I mean, they only won one game. But you just have the feeling that game one should have been a win if Seawald does his job. And maybe the gap would have been more if Christian Walker would have done a better job offensively. And then his base running game three, air game four, that's deadly. And now you see the Alec Thomas air in game five. But obviously we're not in the World Series without the Alec Thomas home run in game four of the NLCS. So all of these guys are vitally important, but they've all got to wear it too on what should have been done. And that, that defense is an issue. Uh, for this series. I don't know if it's an issue going forward. I don't think you go crazy and say, okay, our gold glove first baseman cost us defensively. Let's get rid of him. You know that we, you know that's not the answer. He made great plays just as well as he botched one play. But don't sugarcoat anything that if Christian Walker and Paul Sewell do their job in this World Series, Diamondbacks, in my opinion, they win it. They win the World Series. Uh, let's go to uh, Tori. What? Just talk about the World Series itself, and and the lessons, and and looking at your performance, your team's performance, and uh, maybe a little twenty twenty four. You know, there were people that were sitting in the dugout that didn't play, that saw a different level, different brand of baseball. Some injured players, some younger players. Um, and, you know, I'm just reminded of where we're trying to get to every single day. It's what motivates me when I get up. Like, where where does this journey take this organization, take me every single day? Um, and where does it end? I want it to end at the very tip top of that mountain. And we got really close and I think we tasted it. So um, I know this team will be hungry and um I know it's gonna it's gonna take a little time for us to absorb it, but I think you're gonna see a very a very passionate, hungry baseball team walk into uh, Salt River Field next year um, and be ready to go. And you get a certain understanding, you get a certain feeling about what it what it's like and what it tastes like and smells like. You come to the ballpark, it's just a little different atmosphere when you're playing in a World Series. 
but it took so much to get there. And I think the guys learned what that, what that passage is like. It just takes a little bit of time to figure it out. And that's what amazed me about this group. We had guys that had no idea what they were doing and they wound up in the World Series. Now that you know, you'll be able to peek around each corner and make sure that you're ready to go. I'm reminded a couple times a couple uh, of a couple things um, that you just don't quite understand the sacrifice and the commitment that that shows up every single day. Um, once you get there and once you get that feeling, it's what drives you and motivates you through those lean years, uh, lean days of of the you know the the um, the middle of the season of the dog days. That's what helps you fight. This group is grown up, and there is a certain type of glue that's going to hold them together now, and that's called something. About it's it's called you know being in the World Series but not winning a World Championship. You know it's it's interesting the case study going forward for this franchise. I think I have I'm a pretty good baseball historian, not as good at football, but I think I'm right on this. Dan Marino in the classic 1983 draft class, and then I believe. Dan made the Super Bowl in his second year. I, I cannot guarantee that um, to be right, but I think he made the Super Bowl in his second season. I do know he never made it again. So imagine as you walk off that field as a second-year player and you're thinking, I now know what it takes to get here, and I've got an entire career to look ahead to, and I know what it takes to get to this stage again. And he never got back. And some people still think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. They don't even care about what they're seeing today or even all the Tom Brady's championships. They're looking at just Dan's numbers in an era where nobody could do what Dan did and thought he's a legend and look at him as a legend. But he never got back. Yet on the flip side, look at the Kansas City Royals. They lost to Mad Bum and the Giants turned right back around, and won the World Series the next year. One of the greatest examples of failure to success is the University of Virginia. UVA became the first one seed in college basketball history to ever lose to a 16 seed. When, uh, when um, what it, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC, upset them in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And UVA came right back the next year after being the greatest failure in college basketball history. They won. So you could see, so look at those great examples. Are, are the um, Diamondbacks about ready to be the Royals and UVA? Or is it going to be more Dan Marino-esque? If you're a positive-thinking person, you're you're like me. I'm looking at this that now Corbin Carroll and all of the young guys are going into an offseason with the greatest piece of experience they've ever had and they hopefully will ever get, losing a World Series. The thrill of playoff baseball, what it takes for you to get there, it can end August slumps when you know what it tastes like. You get out of it sooner. Because you see, you know what you can do, but at the same time, you cherish it because you know how abruptly it can end when you fail at it. So that's what that question was about, was the young guys learning. The next one, there's no way around the fact this is going to get you. This is going to punch you in the face. 
WTSMTV.com's own Jeff Schneider, co-host of Hanging with Coop every Tuesday at noon here on WTSMTV.com, was at the press conference. And Jeff asked a fantastic question about a new connection in the city. This is the same season where the Diamondbacks had games where they had 9,000 people at the game. There were minor league baseball games this year that had more people coming to the game than Phoenix put into Chase Field this year. Just think about how sad that is for the National League champion. Yet, I would say we were the second best home field uh, crowd in baseball uh, in the postseason. I'll I'll still put Philly number one, but I I thought we were the second best uh, home crowd than anybody in the postseason. And think about how many times we've had postseason games here that didn't sell out, right? This was fantastic showing by the fans. And even when things got rough, the engagement by the fans to try to will their team to victory was still fantastic. You didn't just sit on your hands when it got frustrating. You were in it all the way. So, Tori, tell us about now that connection and possibly building this as a baseball city. I felt that. I've been feeling that for the past month, maybe even the last couple weeks of the regular season, that this this fan base was behind us and they were they were ready to go at every turn to to, um, to root us on, cheer us on, and allow something good to happen. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry I didn't do my job to get us there. Um, but I will. We all will. And um, we know they're out there. We love them. They can say what they want to us in the good times and the bad, but we know what, they're, what they want. They want a world championship as badly as we do. We all bleed Sedona red. I think there was a lot to that answer. Um, they got swept at home this year in, in, uh, in the World Series. Three straight sellouts, three straight fantastic crowds, didn't win a game. There were a couple times this year due to promotions like a Corbin Carroll bobblehead or a huge series, things like that. And even though the fans didn't show up consistently, there were a couple games in the regular season where the fans were fantastic. And off the top of my head, it seems like the Diamondbacks lost every one of those home games. So I think a little of this emotion is knowing how badly he wanted to to make this connection, to bring the fans in, and to create a home field advantage like they have to travel to. And I think he believes winning the World Series would have done that. I also think that answer went deeper. I think he started thinking of Nicole Hazen and how bad he wanted to win this for Mike. And I I cannot even remotely fathom Mike Hazen's emotions if they would have won the World Series. The, 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 the emptiest celebration ever would have consumed him. His entire life's work succeeds. And with, it's without the person that believed in you more than anybody else. I, I, I can't possibly share with you the true emotions of what it's like to be married to a woman who supports you in anything you do when you are so public 
I, I can't express the what that does to you as a person because when I make a mistake and like like yesterday for an example, I I really failed. And I've had some shows in my career that just weren't good. And I fail in the public eye. If I do something stupid, it is totally in the public eye. And I have to accept that of my mistakes. And then let's compare me to an actual professional athlete, okay? When I was doing the old show, I was talking to about 250,000 people a day. When I'm doing this show, I'm talking all in all eventually to about 10,000 people a day. And you so look at that gap, okay? Alec Thomas's air happened in front of 50,000 people and probably nationally around 70 million, okay? So and everyone's going to know, wow, Christian Walker, that was bad base running, you know? Think about the level, okay, of mistakes uh, and, and the exposure you have to how your mistakes are judged by millions upon millions of people. So that's something I can't even possibly relate to at that level, but I can totally relate to screwing up in public. And every time you do it, every time I've done it, my wife doesn't sugarcoat, hey, let's talk about your screw up. You know, I mean, we, we talk about it. But the love and support I have received from her every time I've fallen on my face, it's just magic. That's, all I, that's the only word I can come up with. It's just magic. And for Mike Hazen to not have that magic in his life right now, that the, I, I think the only feeling worse than winning a World Series and not being able to celebrate it with your supportive wife is losing the World Series and not being able to commiserate with your supportive wife. And hearing Tory right there, that was there's a fan connection. But as soon as he said he was sorry, I I, I believe there was a little bit of Nicole in there. And uh, and and again, that goes back to why people feel so positively about the man that is Tory Lavello. All right, last one, uh, Tory. Paul Seawald has a lot to do with why you are the National League champions. A lot to do with it. The trade worked. You're not here without that trade. Great job. Yet, Paul Seawald has a lot to do with why you're not World Series champions. Has a lot to do with it. Massive mistakes. Massive inability to handle the moment in games one and five. What, what's up with Paul Seawald? Yeah, I, I think he. we wouldn't have been in this position without him. He locked down so many games and, and got us to this point. And um, I know that he's going to be hurting over what happened over the course of the World Series, but he's he's one guy that will be able to process it the right way. And I'm sure that there's some things that he's going to work on. Brent Strom is the, the pitching guru of all pitching gurus. He's our architect. He's going to go to the drawing board with Paul. If there's anything they need to work on, they're going to tighten it up. But um, he's a back-end guy, and you got you got to live and die with those moments. And uh, he had a lot of really good, crisp moments. And, you know, I... I, I you guys always ask me towards the end of spring training, who's our closer? I'll, I'll probably tell you right now, it's going to be Paul Seawald next year. That's my gut feel. That's how much I believe in him. I, I wouldn't mind if you told me it's Kinkle. <laughs> we'll wait for another day on that. But if Seawald does his job and the way that Ginkle grew, you're looking pretty good right now. You, you, you're hopefully going to only need to play seven innings. 
and Ginkle and Seawald lock it down in the eighth and ninth. Going to be an important test to see how Seawald bounces back from this. Really going to be an important test. Uh, I don't want to say weak because it sounds so insulting, but that's the only word I can think of. If you're not able to handle this, he could crash and burn fast. All right? I mean, he. that's why I, I'm not ready to just torch him for his – I mean, I'll call it out, massive failure. But I'm not ready to torch him for it because what's that going to do for us? We need – we're a better team with a good Paul Seawalt. So bounce back, Paul. Get strong for 2024. Ginkle's got the eighth. And the rest of you guys, all we need to do is, is play seven-inning baseball. Have the lead after 21 outs and we'll win almost every game because of uh, those two in the pen. All right. February uh, 23rd, I think it is. Let me cheat and uh, and look that up. Uh, yeah. February 23rd. I think it's a Thursday. I might be wrong that it's a Friday. Game one. Spring training. I'm counting every single minute. They're uh, they're on the road, Jeff Weir Production, even though they're playing in their own ballpark. They do it every time. They they start the season against the – two games against the Rockies since they both play in the same ballpark. Salt River Field. First pitch is at 105. If you want to get ready for it. February 23rd, put that on the calendar when the defending National League champions take the field. Let's go. Let's go. All right, coming up next. Um, let's get uh, let's do some pretty hardcore football for a little while. Got some ASU scheduling, ASU quarterbacks, got some Cardinals quarterbacks, got some fantasy to talk about. We got a lot going on. My name's Doug Franz. I appreciate you joining me. Here on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Before I get started, I just want to congratulate um, Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy, Chris Young, and all the players' ownership. They're an amazing franchise. They won their first world championship in franchise history, and um, it's quite an accomplishment. They were the best team. They beat his parents' work. If you got a second, I want to tell you about my heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical company, and it's Parker and Sons. Now, I say my, I don't own a piece of it, but it's the the people that I believe in more than I can even explain to you. Family owned and operated, but it's also a little different because in a sense, the technicians are their own operators as well. They are allowed and encouraged to hand out their own business cards. And if you feel like you've had such a good experience, you don't have to call the main number anymore and tell them, hey, I just need a plumber to come out. No. You can always have the same air conditioning specialist if you want, if you really feel a connection to the guy that you have, because they can then develop a bank of business of people that trust them. Well, the only way you're going to earn that is to be a trustworthy person in the first place. And that's the only types of people that Parker and Sons hires. Trust certified technicians that have passed a background check and a drug test before they ever step into your home. That's Parker and Sons. And that's why they're the heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical specialist for my family. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game.
man, there's there's a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, two things uh, I haven't talked about. One, uh, Bob Knight died yesterday. Legendary basketball coach, uh, last person to ever have a perfect season. Um, I am amazed at the fantastic stories of people that know Bob Knight's brilliance in in. The way that he coached, the, the the knowledge he had while he watched games, the things he saw, he saw the game like no other coach. Some people think he's the greatest coach of all time, even better than John Wooden. And yet, I, I can never get over one thing. Why is a guy that's famous for discipline not able to discipline himself? I, I've, I was never a Bob Knight fan, and I'm in favor of hard coaching. I think the wussification of America is terrible. And and we, we're raising uh, – so many people are raising children that can't handle adversity because we try to save them from adversity all the time. And that we try to lie to ourselves. Well, this is supposed to be fun, so so stop that, you know, whatever it is. So stop challenging my kid on the soccer field because you're, ma- you're making soccer not fun. It's just not fun. It, it, everything should be fun. Okay. Have you ever talked about life that way? I mean, do you just run every time something isn't fun in life? You know, let what better place for a child to learn how to handle adversity than failure in sports where nothing bad's going to happen? Okay, you, you're going to get over it. I've never understood that, and yet Bob Knight goes to an extreme that I'm just never going to be there. On, I don't know how you feel about Bob Knight. Uh, he is an incredible coach, but it just, it's, I, I just. Jay Billis said something really interesting in an article today that was in ESPN.com. He said that I see all the flaws of Bob Knight. I've been around them, and they're bad. But if you know Bob Knight, the good outweighs the bad. And isn't that what we want to say about all of us? And I, I really get that point. But gosh, the bad were bad. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, let's talk about tomorrow. I, I hope you can do this. I'm, I'm really asking you as a favor from the Unplugged Army that, the, again, not sanctioned. And I, the only reason why it's not sanctioned is because I think in order for me to tell you, hey, this this is the whole livelihood of the Unplugged Army. You know, Don't fail me or I've got to go in a different direction in life. Um, I, I mean that when I talk about, hey, we're having a big event at Civlick and we're golfing at Whirlwind or the Christmas party that we'll do at Bell's Nashville Kitchen in December, things like that. It's like, hey, like, what do you want? If Don't mooch off the podcast. Don't listen to the podcast for free and then not help us create it, okay? You've got to get to sanctioned events. But I get life gets in the way, too. I'm not like an idiot. This is a little different. I told you about it on Wednesday. I'm now bringing it up again. It's only got two days. You might have to change, rearrange your plans, things like that. But please find a way to get there tomorrow. Hundred Mile Brewing. We're gonna be. I'm gonna be there from about 4:30 to 6:30. So think about how easy it is to plan that out. It's in Tempe. You stop by if you want to stop by on your way home from work. Have a beer. Great. Make sure you're being smart. Okay. Don't drive home if you've had more than a beer an hour. Uh, that's really really important to think about that to make sure that uh, you're not even close to the line. Don't try to get up to the line and then stop. You know. Be really smart about how you're handling things. If you're going to stay longer, please bring a driver or plan on Ubering. Or go home first, grab the family, and come to dinner and eat at 100, uh, 100 Mile Brewing. Great place to be. I love this place. And number one, I love breweries, and then I love one of their beers a lot. 
the uh, A Mountain Amber Ale. So come over and have a beer with me. Now, if you want to know how to get there, take the 202. And, oh, that's nice. Jeff Weir Productions just put a map up uh, if you're watching here on WTSMTV.com. You, you follow along the 202, and then there's Scottsdale Road. If you're from Scottsdale, it's Rural Road. If you're from Tempe, of course, because of the bridge. Um, but then here's what's weird. You pull in on an immediate right as you head southbound. Right, right after you get off the 202, you are now going to turn in there to, uh, to turn right. And then once you turn right, you're coming from south, and then you're going west. And if you see on the map, there's a little arrow that says Macayo's Mexican food. You're, you're turning into the Macayo's parking lot. And as soon as you get into the Macayo's parking lot, it ends about the split second you get in it. And suddenly you're at the Holiday Inn parking lot. And you're like, Doug, what is going on here? This is really strange. I know it's strange. I know. But you keep going. And then, bam, there's a renovated white building. And that's 100 Mile Brewing Company. That's the way you get there. If you're coming northbound on rural and it changes into Scottsdale Road, you actually can't turn left into Macayo's, just so you know. So if that's the case, turn left at the last traffic signal before the 202 and turn into that newer, really swanky complex and drive all the way through that and then turn right and you'll kind of dead end into 100 Mile Brew. The reason why I'm being so specific is the first time I went there, it was a pain in the butt because Siri got lost. Siri was like, turn here, turn here. Do a U-turn here. Do it. And I, I had no idea what was going on. None. And I just kind of stumbled upon it. But hopefully I gave you great directions for you to be able to find it. And I'll be there from 4.30 to uh, 6.30. Production in practice. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think that's important, JJ. I have no idea why that played. I, I thought he was going to get a beer with us. Well, then let's let's talk about that. Then that's where we'll go. I was trying to decide: do I want to do ASU? Do I want to do Cardinals? No. Okay. Well, we'll do Cardinals. The uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, had his press his last press conference of the week, talking to the media about going into the Cleveland game. He was asked about Kyler Murray, and he said he looks awesome. It sounds like there's a very good chance he plays. It sounds like the whole plan is. You're the starter this week. Now let's see how the knee handles a full-on week of starters reps. And I think Jonathan Gannon, I don't think he's lying to people. I think Jonathan Gannon is the type of person that says, I don't believe anything until it happens. So the plan is Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback against Cleveland, but I'm going to prepare like something goes wrong so I'm totally prepared no matter what. But if it is Clayton Toon, Okay, then we'll go forward with Clayton Toon. So, Coach, when you look at Clayton Toon from day camp, from training camp day one until now, deep into the season, week nine, what are the improvements? Production in practice, um, the amount of reps that he's getting, playing faster, operating uh, with a little better handle on the offense, as you would expect for a quarterback to do, the more reps he gets. So, uh Excited to see him out there practice today. Sorry you caught me getting a drink. Um, I was, I'm thrilled with this. Brad Smith, you, you can tell Brad's the type of person, he's a go-getter in life. I thought he was calling in at 7.30, so I feel bad, what we call a bad transition. I'm sitting here talking to Carter. I was like, oh, okay, stop. But anytime a guy is nice enough to come on 
and and usually do it from a car and a busy dude. I was like, okay, well, let's stop. Every Thursday, I like to take a minute and spend some time with Brad. He's part of the Organic Football Show and podcast that you can watch every Tuesday at uh, 1 o'clock, and then every Sunday starting this Sunday at 10 o'clock. It used to be 9 o'clock. They're now on at 10 o'clock, and it's not like we're lost or confused. It has everything to do with the time change for the rest of the country, and therefore the early kickoff is now at 11 o'clock our time, and therefore it makes more sense to start an hour before because that's when the inactives come out. Brad, how'd you do? How'd your fantasy team do this weekend, this last weekend? Uh, I actually, I did really well. Uh, I scored 137 points, which was the top in our league. So that's always good. Yeah. But uh, this this week will be different. I have Christian McCaffrey, ETN, Jared Goff, and the Detroit defense all on a bye. Oh, oh so, I I have I have George Kittle and McCaffrey, so I'm in that San Francisco uh, bye. And I think this might be – no, it's not Miami's bye. I have another uh, guy on bye that I, I can't remember. So I have to tell you – it's really funny. My evil arch nemesis, he came over for Halloween, and when I told him, hey, what's going on here? What, where's my wh- – why didn't you pull off this trade? What didn't you like? He goes, oh, Yahoo notifies me. ESPN didn't, so I didn't know you had a you had a trade offer. So he didn't even look. Oh, my Lord. What kind of crappy commissioner doesn't even look at his own trade request? Like, I don't have time to hunt See, you yeah, down. That's – that's where the text message comes in handy because sometimes yeah. we have a guy in our league named Zach. He will not look at his notifications. He doesn't even have them turned on. So every time <laughs> I send him a trade, I shoot him a text like, hey, sent you a trade. What do you think? That's so. good. I would see here's where here's where it shows the difference between you as, in a sense, professional fantasy baller and me as amateur. I would rather hold it on his head for the rest of his life that I sent him a trade and he didn't even look at it. So then I can always say, "Well, I was gonna, I, I was gonna do this, but I didn't think you'd look at it." So I, I you know, this will be good for the rest of my life. So I need that. It's yeah. ammunition. That's good. Yeah, hey, at least you got something out different. of it. You know? I did. I did. I, I, I win that portion of the battle. Okay, go into standard bye week protocol. How early do you start planning out what you're going to do during bye weeks? I mean, as early as you can. I mean, obviously, you want to be focused on each week. So when you're making trade and waiver moves, you know, the first, like, five, six weeks, it's not really kind of coming into play. But once you kind of get to week eight through 12, that's when a lot of bye weeks hit. And that's when you need to start paying attention. Like, for instance, I kind of dropped the ball this year because I have only two guys on my bench that can start. So my top running back is Jalen Warren this week. Ooh. So, yeah, that is my number one running back. Now, that's fantastic. Because Jalen Warren's mother isn't starting him this week. So that I can can understand that it shows you a shocking move by you. Yeah, yeah. I'm the crazy one. I'm the only one that still believes in him, I guess. For you, and like, okay, for me being total amateur, I never foresee a day in my life where I'm going to spend, like, I kind of look at every, I look at it Monday to see how did I do. If I saw somebody that had a fantastic weekend, I might look Tuesday morning to see if he's available on, uh, in, in my league. And then I set the lineup on Thursday morning. Okay, so I'm, I'm about, Three days a week, and I would probably say 15 minutes. Okay, I don't spend a ton of time. But in order to be good at fantasy football, how often are you checking out your team, your league? Well, uh, that's a personal question, Doug. I don't think I should really answer that because uh, <laughs> I, I do look a lot. 
I would probably say like when football season's not session, you know how people like just go through like videos and just kind of scroll. Yeah, I just go through teams and scroll. That's all I do is go go through teams and scroll. So yeah, I spend a a, a vast majority of time on that. I'd say. Wow, you you have. I a, can't you, give an exact number. <laughs> are you are you proud or are you ashamed? If we're if we're lying on the psychological couch, I can't tell whether you're worried about that or you just want to keep it quiet and you don't care what anybody else thinks. I mean, we're spending like a good couple, like four hours a day. I'd probably say thinking about fantasy football. So that's why you like host instance, a show. That's why you host a show. Like Doug, Leonard Fournette, if he's still out there, you should go get him. He just got signed by the Bills. He's not on anyone's radar right now. Obviously, he's out of our league. Someone picked him up immediately. He got signed. But if you got guys not paying attention, he looks like he's going to be the go-to back in Buffalo, which is an offense that's going to turn it around. So I like that guy. Okay. Wow. That Guess what my next question was is always give us a little tidbit for the week. And, uh, and of course, either even if he's not in shape to run between the 20s, they'll give him the ball and goal line immediately to have him run through people. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think he's going to be like, kind of like Kareem Hunt. We'll take him a game or two to get back up, and he's going to be a solid flex guy the rest of the year. Yeah. What what kinds of things come in at this type of year where or at this time of year where we're now getting seriously like you know we're we're only at the midpoint of the regular season for the teams but we're starting to get late for your fantasy team is this the beginning of late like in a fantasy calendar which is different than the actual regular season and postseason of of the actual NFL where are you are there things you're already thinking about postseason wise well, I mean, from the get-go, I always think about postseason. When I look at guys I'm trading for, every time I look, I see who are they playing week 14, 15, 16. Or, I'm sorry, 15, 16, 17. Okay. So I'm always looking at that. So it's always on my radar because that is the goal in my mind. It's not just to make the playoffs. It's actually to win the championship. So I'm looking always at those teams. But right now you have eight weeks in, so that's a pretty good size sample pool. So if you have, you know, like guys that are not producing, for instance, like a Tony Pollard, I know he's on your team, yes. but he started off at like 20 and they went 16, 11, 8, 5, 5, and then I think he had one game where he was like 10 in between. Yeah. But he's just continually going downhill. So that is something where I know some people think like, you know, Dallas offense is good. He's got a great line. Everything makes sense. But to me, those numbers are trailing down. It's eight weeks. I don't know if someone's going to turn it around after eight weeks. I mean, that's half a football season. So yeah. for some guys saying, like, they're about to pop, they're about to pop, for me it's like, well, it's been eight weeks. They've definitely had some favorable matchups, and yet they haven't popped. So I love that analysis, too, because this is where fantasy and reality come together. I'm starting to believe in it. You know, if, if Mr. and Mrs. Pollard are listening, I'm sure they're going to be highly offended. But when somebody gets signed to a big contract and they, they don't have to fight for playing time like he had to against Ezekiel Elliott, and suddenly that's the same year that the production goes down, I would never believe from a fantasy standpoint it's about ready to ramp up because something has been triggered in him that 2023 is an off year. 2023, I can finally relax. So why? wait this out anymore if you believe in tony pollard believe in him for 2024 after he goes through the pain of this year yeah see i don't know there are just some guys like that that once they get paid 
it's like the end of their career. That's what they've been working for their whole lives, which yep. I get it. You make molten hundreds of millions of dollars. That's, that's awesome. That's what you want. But like you said, that drive on some people goes away. There's some people like, you know, Tom Brady who, and Michael Jordan, you know, you bet them like a dollar, you can't hit the cup in the trash can. And they're like, I can hit that trash can, you know? <laughs> so they say, no matter what, they're competitive spirits. And some guys just don't have it. So I'm kind of leading to the fact when he was fighting for it and he had to prove himself, you know, he had more drive. But now, I don't know. I mean, he is. there are injuries that a lot of people don't disclose of. So he could just have a lingering injury that's true. and that's causing it. That's so, true. But, you know, they're always hush-hush about some things like that. So you never quite know what you're going to get. And very few injuries get better by playing on it. So back to the point of giving up on him. If he if it's an attitude issue, and not like he's a bad guy, but an attitude of, hey, I got paid, I'm, I want to stay healthy, and I want to just make sure I don't get hurt, that's a reason to either bench him or move on. And if it's a lingering injury, very few lingering injuries get better while you play. So therefore, that would be another right. reason to move on. I would assume in your fantasy history books, the greatest example of this is Dave uh, is David Johnson of the Cardinals, in oh, which Lord. how yeah. quickly did you want to run to the waiver wire to get him early in his career, and how quickly did he become an anchor, and I mean that in a negative way, pulling down your whole team once it was time he to be, two be teams. Up. Did he? <laughs> yes, with Houston he as well. Two teams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they traded him, I was so happy. I was like, I never seen a guy get paid and just like, wow. Yeah. That's it, you know? And I guess it's kind of similar when you have kids. You know, you're driving a car, you're trying to switch lanes and drive fast. You have kids, you drive a little slower. You want to be safe, you know, this and that. So maybe you get paid and you're like, why am I going to be reckless with my body? I'm, I'm a millionaire. You know, let's take care of my body so that way I have a body when I get to spend all that money. So I, I get the mentality of it, but it's just some people have it and some people don't. And you need to recognize that. So that being said about old uh, Arizona players, I've always dogged on DeAndre Hopkins this year, said he's trash, don't like him. But with uh, with the new quarterback situation out there in Tennessee, I'm actually, if you can go get him, I don't know, cheap, because he had three touchdowns and like almost 200 yards. But if you can go get that guy, I think he's going to have a bounce back season. Even though his whole eight-game sample pool was bad, I think he'll still be good. And there might be a little bit, too, of I bet he thought he was going to get traded, and now that the trade deadline's gone, he might, okay, I'm here, let's go, and uh, and start playing better. All right, last one. Uh, give us a little advice or uh, just tell us what's coming up on uh, on Sunday's Organic Football Show. So 10 o'clock, we will be on. Uh, we'll, we'll give you all the right information, the starts, the stits, all the injuries that you need to know. And also, don't forget, there's that game this Sunday at 7.30. So set your lineups, wake up early, oh, watch good point. that. It's going to be a great game. Good point. Thank you for that. It's a huge Kansas game. City. Yeah. Yeah, Kansas City, Miami. Big yeah, one. I bet a lot of people have players that are going to be playing in that game. All right, you were fantastic. Thank you for your time, Brad. All right, thanks, Doug. Have a great yeah. one. See you yep. next week. There's a Brad Smith Organic Football Podcast every Tuesday, 1 o'clock, right after hanging with Coop, legendary sports anchor of 12 News, biggest sports personality of the Valley, Bruce Cooper, every Tuesday at noon, and that goes right into the Organic Football Show where you can get uh, test out Brad, and uh, and they take a lot of questions, a lot of interactions, so you can get a lot of feedback from them and, uh, and uh, be able to help. They'll even help set your lineup. You just send them a screenshot of who you got. And go do, they'll go do this, do this, do this, and they really know what they're uh, what they're doing. Did All you right. watch their Halloween episode, by the way? I did. I oh, did. it was so fantastic. They were dressed up. It was great. What's so fun about them? And I'll, I'll say it. I don't mind saying it. 
they struggled at the beginning. They, they'd never been on television. They're learning. And, man, I get so jacked up watching people get better. It and, completely turned. Yeah. It was, it was, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, they, they get better every week, and it's fun to be a part of that journey with them. And hopefully you as a WTSM viewer feel the same way I do. And, uh, and I'm, we're just thrilled, just thrilled to have uh, everybody. All right, coming up next, uh, I want to get back to Cardinals. I want to get into ASU, and we'll be joined by Steve McCollum. And uh, and then I gotta. I've never done this in my life. I do have to rip the Pacers. Has anybody ever done that? What's next? This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Burrito Express started with my father about. 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. You mind if I finish this? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the reason why is I just got a, a, a text from Sue, the owner of 100 Mile Brewing, and she's so excited to have us coming up tomorrow for our non-sanctioned happy hour get-together. And uh, I was just talking to her about hopefully being able to talk my daughter into driving me home so I can uh, so I can have more than two. Uh, there we go. Okay, now I'm good. Uh, also, don't forget, title sponsor, Whirlwind uh, Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. That Whirlwind Plus... Uh, I just had a wonderful conversation with Sweet Lou yesterday, and we're kind of jacked up about some of the things that are going to be coming down the pike for Whirlwind Plus members as we're putting together some uh, our, our first Whirlwind Plus event. So, again, I can't stress that to you enough. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. Even if you're not that f- interested in becoming a Whirlwind Plus member, do me a favor. It really helps us in the Unplugged Army. Just go to the site. Just going to the site and giving them hits on the site makes them feel like, okay, people are checking this out. And the Whirlwind Plus plan, to save 15% every time you eat at Civlic or every time you go into the pro shop, irrelevant of the golf, that's a huge savings. But for only $2.99 a year, you're going to save – I'm going to ballpark this. On the low end, you'll save about 50 bucks a round. But on the high end, if we're talking about golfing during spring training, you're going to save about $100 a round. So think about how quickly you're going to quote-unquote make money on that deal if you become a Whirlwind Plus member. I'm becoming more and more convinced that the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals is Kyler Murray. Uh, but, but given – and you know Why? One of the reasons why you talk about Clayton Toon as the starting quarterback, the NFL mandates that your starting quarterback have a press conference. And I don't think the Cardinals want to expose Kyler Murray right now to questions. They don't want anything coming. Just focus on the game 
and we'll worry about you starting and, and, and doing all the non-football things that are required of you as a starting quarterback. Let's worry about that next week. So I think they're naming Clayton Toon the starter. So he goes through the week talking to the media, dealing with that aspect, while Kyler being a bench player, quote unquote, well, you know, we don't know if he's ready to play. So he's still someone that we're not going to open up to the media. I'm guessing I might be wrong. And maybe Kyler talks today. And if Kyler talks today, that's a game changer. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens there. But he has not spoken as of yet since that uh, since the uh, press conference. Or, no, he hasn't talked at all this year because remember all the sound that we got from him was from a actual Cardinals-produced TV show. Uh, here is Clayton Toon himself. Clayton, can you tell us about finding out that, uh, that you're the starting quarterback? Tell us about that Monday morning meeting with Jonathan Gannon. It was cool. Um, it was good to go in there and have a one-on-one conversation with him. Um, you know, he, he kept, it, uh, kept it real with me and, um, you know, told me the plan and um you know i'm just here to to do what i can to help the team win told you the plan that could be as simple as hey kyler's driving towards starting but we're going to give you a lot more reps than the normal backup because if kyler's not ready you're going and you're going to be treated like the starting quarterback this week you with us all right ready break or it could be hey Kyler is starting uh, Sunday, and we're going to pretend that it's you all week. Deal with it, Rook. <laughs> it could be, it could be that as well. I'm totally settled on that. Yesterday during Doug Franz Unplugged, I am I'm so appreciative. Steve McCollum brought a, an article to my attention that when he said, if, if you didn't hear it yesterday, he said, "Hey, did you see that Cardinals article?" And I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, "Yeah," because I thought he was talking about something else, and then realized where he was going I was like oh no I didn't know that had come out yesterday I, I admit I thought it was coming out today and it was it was commenting on and really going into deeper detail than the athletic did some of the issues about Michael Bidwell as an owner and uh, some sexist issues that he's being charged with by current workers and former workers and things like that and so we talked about it a little bit yesterday but when I had a deeper dive the only other comment that I have is really if you're in the unplugged army, you knew all this. This is it's basically all the things I've already been talking to you about with Michael Bidwell. The one thing that bothers me about the article is another cheesy statement by their PR department, which is so ridiculous, in saying that, hey, this is this is just another story about all old information that changes changes have been made. Michael's doing this, you know, it's it's just it's just all old and tired. And when you do stuff like that, that's a defense mechanism that says it's not my fault. You're you can you're lying to people if you're saying you're really holding yourself accountable. You're just trying to push the story away. If you're truly accountable, you're not going to handle the story that way. But by continually dismissing every story like it's either not true or using the phrase urban legends uh, and, and all the statements coming out of the Cardinals show, there's still a lack of accountability on this. And it, uh, uh, I, I wasn't going to get involved in it until I've told you this before, until I saw that statement about Terry McDonough that they put out fighting their arbitration case. And if that's the way they were going to go about it, well, then somebody in this town needs to be able to take them head on. And, and that's why I got involved and, and, 
learned about these stories, and I'm hoping to do more about this in the coming weeks. Uh, so right now, Steve McCollum joins us. He's in his studio for the main event. It's every weekday morning from eight to ten here on WTSMTV.com. I uh, I like I like the energy. Either high energy or are you on a roller coaster? One of the uh, yeah yeah. Woo. <laughs> How are uh, you? That D-backs uh, World Series was a roller coaster. That's yeah, uh, for sure. So. That's 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 very true. How are your feelings today on on the Diamondbacks? Because there's so much blame to go around at the same yeah. time. You know when what, we're not used to it, I almost feel like today is celebrate that we're National League champions, and then, <laughs> and then get, I'll get mad later. It's a weird thing, but I get like we could get mad, right? Tory, you know, got out coached, managered in this series. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I was worried about that. The bullpen finally fell apart, mm-hmm. which you know, so you can get mad about all they couldn't score with runners in scoring position last night, right? Frustrating as heck. But we've seen it from this Diamondbacks team all year. It just manifested itself in the World Series, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. They, they got there unexpectedly because none of the stuff we expected to happen happened, and then, boom, it happened in the World Series. Now, you know, I tend to put the blame on the – like the bats going cold. I tend to put the blame on the Diamondbacks for that happening, but you've got to give the Rangers credit. Oh, absolutely. You know. a- absolutely. They I were, think – I do think the, the Rangers team. were the team of destiny this time. Uh, one, their manager, uh, it just doesn't lose in these situations, folks. If you don't know that about Bruce Bochy, and I mentioned that, and Dale laughed at me one time. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, he, he just does not fail in these situations. One. Two, Corey Seager was the best pickup uh the rangers could have had he was we gave uh garcia a lot of credit uh credit to quite frankly should go to seager they called up that kid that rookie kid a month uh, it was on the roster for a month before the end of the season nine doubles in in the playoffs like it just everything was right for the rangers they did not have the fall off that we expected them to have and the diamondbacks did and that's not, i don't i don't know why you would be mad about what happened other than, i mean i understand being mad about the loss but i understand why you'd be mad overall this is the diamond the, what we saw in the world series is the diamondbacks we saw all season long let's put it that way you know it's funny you, you mentioned bruce boach <laughs> that's a long way to say to sum it up that way yeah bruce is uh <laughs> boach is one where i don't have any personal bruce boachy stories yeah but the best bruce boachy story i have that shows you kind of who he is is i have a friend that used to be in the media in another city mm-hmm. But when he moved to Phoenix, he was out of the media. He hasn't done anything in the media in 15 years, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sitting next to him one time. We're having a beer, talking about something. And I I forget what we were talking about, but the conversation ended up with Bruce Bochy. And then he goes, oh, well, I'll ask him. And he texts Bruce Bochy. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you never covered the Padres. Yes. You never covered the Giants. Yeah. There's no, you never covered a team that the team you covered was in the American League. You're, and it was before heavy interleague, just soft interleague. You, you, there's no reason that you should have Bruce Bochy's cell phone number. Yeah. How do you have it? And he says, oh, I just saw him at a bar, at a hotel bar one yeah. time and sat next to him, and we got along really good and exchanged phone numbers. We we talk yeah. ball every now and then. Yeah. And this is a major league manager yeah. that meets a stranger at a hotel bar He's, and yeah. has no problem exchanging cell phone numbers, and they really do text back and forth. Yeah, I wasn't going to tell this story, but uh, before I got into this business, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I had more access before I got into this business <laughs> than when I get into the business. It's, uh, it's amazing how my life has slipped up. I used to be able to get into buildings for free now i can't you know it's just whatever <laughs> and uh the interesting thing is is uh i met bruce bruce Bosey one time and i used a phrase you're meant to be here doing what you're doing because he said that to me 
just out of the blue, I had to give a speech. He was there. He was he was the, he was the guy doing the big like a motivational thing. Okay. And I was a little nervous. And he looked at me and said, "You're supposed to be here doing this." You got this. And I walked out. So I use that phrase all the time. No idea who I was. No nothing. You could just look at me and see what I was about to do. Said it. And I was like, yeah. So I've used that phrase ever since. That's Super good. nice guy. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's a, yeah. it's a fantastic story. And then, of course, there's the Tim Kirkjian story about yeah. him that says he's the only player in baseball history where you could put a six-pack of beer and ice in his batting helmet. Yeah. The only <laughs> – The head is that yeah. big. He, I think of him like I think of Jim Leland, to be honest with you. It's okay. just, uh, it's just without the cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sage and, and wise old man, and it yeah, is. Yeah. It's really interesting to nothing to rattles look at them. The analytics, uh, the analytical world of Bruce Bochy when he knows it, he's seen it, but he's not listening to you, and then. The Astros' Dusty Baker is the same way where he would drive the analytics department yeah. crazy because he would use their info, yet he gets them all the way to a Game 7 following a World Series yeah. championship. He gets them to the ALCS, and Bruce Bochy wins it all this year. So two super old-school guys I mean, do better than almost all of the analytic crowd. Well, does. absolutely, and I mean, there's a lesson to be learned in that, uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah. I what mean, costs the Diamondbacks the World Series? I'll go to my grave with this. Uh, even even though they got there, uh, you know, with the analytics, they I, you know they got through the analytics to get to that. What cost them the World Series was they relied on analytics too much. I'm wondering what they think about the intentional walk because analytics hates the intentional mm -hmm. walk. Why would you ever put well, somebody on first they, base? They, I mean, Doug, we know the answer to that because they kept pitching to Seager. And Garcia. Isn't it weird about Corey him. Seager? He he batted 280, mm -hmm. which isn't great. No. He only had six hits. Yeah. But half of them were home runs. Well, not just – it's when you hit, though. Yeah. yeah. You can go one for 17. It's when you get that one. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you go 17 for 17 and all your hits are when you're down 10 and nothing, who cares? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why Corey Seager was uh, – but even then, you know, like I said, the guy that filled in for Chapman, the long-haired uh, chap, right, uh, he goes in there and, and dominates game, you know, game three, I guess it was now, or game four uh, when Garcia went out. And just everything Bruce Bo Bochy does, not based on – no, he does pay attention to analytics. Like he, he, oh, yeah, he, he knows it. He, he knows, knows it. it. But uh, he also will just be like, no, nah, you know, my gut tells me this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I think that's a lesson. Now the problem is, though, I'm not sure a lot of these managers – like Dave Roberts can't manage without analytics, and that screws him up. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know if Tory can do it either. My point is, is these old school guys can do it because they had to do it for tons of years to be in this league. I'm not sure these young guys can do it, and it'll be you know, there's a lesson to be learned. Is all I'm going to say for these old guys. I, I do. I'll, I got to throw this in. This is a personal family note, and she's right. It was probably a little bit of an unfair blast. I just got a text while you were talking from my daughter, and she's clearly listening. To yesterday's podcast, yeah, yesterday's oh. Doug Franz Unplugged, because I was really disappointed with my family's performance in darts yesterday, or two nights ago now. And she goes, hey, wait a minute, I got two bullseyes. I wasn't that bad. And I yeah, said, At least she's listening. So, right? uh, you know, I do appreciate that, because, <laughs> I mean, if there's anything a 23-year-old girl wants to do, it's not listen to a sports podcast. And her dad, on top of it. Yeah, I totally get that. So I actually need to say, you know what? You're right, honey. And mommy got us a couple 15s and 17s, but but, but the consistency just wasn't there. Uh, when you got done, did you uh, did you say, uh, I just wish I would have uh, got us there? I wish I would have made you no. guys perform better? Did no. you tear up a little bit? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Did you have a problem with Tori Lavello in the post? No. 
Why? He was 100% correct. Yeah. You should apologize for your moves and everything <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, uh, on, on a serious note, no, I appreciate him saying it, but we know where the fault lies. I, uh, you're always a little different than me because I can blame evenly. Like yeah. I can blame Tory well, and put just as much. Uh, Seawall does yeah. his job in game well, no, one. That's, that's I totally point, believe yeah. they win. There, there's a lot to blame to go Just around. So you know, pay, pay attention to the next two hours. I disagree with this man wholeheartedly. Uh, no, there's a ton of blame to go around. And Dale's right. He disagrees. Hold on. I'll finish this thought in a second. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just just finish that thought. There's blame to go around everywhere, but he got outmanaged, and that eventually took out the series. See, I'm 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 with you, just not as harshly. I, I totally I no, believe he made bad mistakes and he needs to be held accountable for it. But if the players do their job, if Christian Walker does anything. If Paul Seawald does his See, job, you're 100 correct. Then I think we're not even talking about Tory, but they all get the blame. Like yeah. no, I'm no, okay yeah, giving it to everybody. Yeah, don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to blame uh, anybody today, to be honest with you, because look, they lost to a better team, yes. and the Rangers were better. It happens in baseball. It happens. They were lucky to be there. They they got it to Game Five, and the Rangers set a record on road wins. Look, there's no shame in losing to the Rangers when they beat everybody at home. You're just the next team in line to do it. So I don't, I don't have any anger towards it yeah. whatsoever. It sucks, but it, it, it is what it is. We move on. Well said. All right, Steve McCollum coming up with Dale Hellestray in the Disagreement Fest. That is the main event that is uh, every weekday from uh, 8 to 10. I am I am looking forward to that because for Dale Hellestray to be that motivated to get up, I mean, that's Dale getting up like that. Like, wow. Hello, Dale. Dale, I say do that more often, but uh, totally up to, uh, up to you. All right, today um, – I can't believe the game that I missed. I, it, I only played one game yesterday. And then officially, I ended up 0-2-1 for the week. Now, let me explain that. I only played one game yesterday. I took the Lakers minus 5.5 against the Clippers. And guess what happened if you didn't see it? Lakers have a big lead. They blow it. Goes into overtime. Lakers late retake the lead. And they win by five. And I have them minus five and a half. Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta hate Vegas for what they do. You just gotta you just gotta uh, I just oh well then let's talk about the World Series. Now we now have to go back to my two predictions going into the World Series. I thought the Diamondbacks would win, so I took the Diamondbacks. I got that wrong. And then, this is a small thing for all of you, but oh, I lost $35. Oh, think about the return on my investment. I put $5 down that Perdomo would lead the World Series in stolen bases, okay? I had it yesterday. I had it. Perdomo was leading the World Series in stolen bases, and then... With runners on first and third, Christian Walker had decided to get a hit for the only time in the series, I think, so he's standing on first. And with first and third, he steals second, and the Rangers don't even throw. I don't really want to say I was rooting for him to be thrown out. I wasn't. But if he gets thrown out, I win a plus 700 bet. 
because Perdomo would have led the World Series in stolen bases. Instead, when Christian Walker got that stolen base, they're now tied. I get my money back, but I don't win. Come on. Come on. So that's my 0-2-1 on the day, even though I only played uh, one game yesterday. Just, just drives me nuts. By the way, your futures bet right now. Um, if you want to show that you still be- believe in your Arizona Diamondbacks, they're plus 2,500. The New York Mets have better odds to win the World Series than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Think about that for a second. That great run, and Vegas says we don't care. That was all for show. That was a cheesy dog and pony show. We're not buying it at all. I like, oh. Like, I shouldn't care, but I did. I almost feel like betting on them just for that. Uh, tonight, I like uh, I, I like the Steelers tonight. I'm going to take the Steelers uh, uh, in Thursday night football. I like them at home. It's more of an anti-Titans bet than anything else. But I'm not taking them to cover the three points. I'm going to lay the bad juice at minus 148. That's bad juice. But I just I don't trust that weather. I don't trust kickers in that environment. I'm going to take the Steelers, but I'm going to take the Steelers uh, on the money line today to beat the Titans, which is always scary when you've got that much juice going in uh, to the game. And then I don't think there's any way after the Suns embarrass themselves, they're going to allow themselves to fall off the face of the earth again. So tonight I'm taking the Suns minus the eight and a half against the exact same team that beat them in San Antonio. And then... I'm actually going to go for some blood money today. Back end of a back-to-back for the Arizona Coyotes. And the Canadiens are getting a goal and a half. I I, I think you got to run with that. But that's also terrible juice. So you decide if you're going to go with a terrible juice bet with, uh, with Montreal. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Things to remember. War, uh, unplugged at whirlwind.com unplugged at whirlwind.com please consider becoming a whirlwind plus member at least check it out go to that website and really study it to see if that's a great price a package for you $34 a month or $299 one year one charge and you're a member of whirlwind a golf club that gorgeous and think about it, you're a member and you get all kinds of events to you're going to be invited to. And then when you play golf, you play golf at a cheaper rate than anybody else. If you are, even if you're a West Side guy, it's only going to be three or four times golfing in a year to pay for that cost. And you don't you want to play at a legendary course like that? I'm telling you, jump on, jump on Whirlwind Plus. Tomorrow, happy hour, 4.30 to 6.30. Please figure out how to make that fit into your schedule. I'd love to see you out there. We're going to be 100 Mile Brewing. That's right at the corner behind the Macayos at the 202 Rural and Scottsdale Road all together in Tempe. Love to see you out there tomorrow. And you know, Jeff, we're production. That includes you. There's no reason why you can't stop by and have a beer and meet people. I will definitely try to be there. I love that. That is such a hardcore guarantee right there. I will definitely try. Okay. 
Uh, thanks a lot to Bell's Nashville Kitchen in Scottsdale, the original sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. Rosati's, the official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged at Ray and McQueen in Chandler. There's only one Burrito Express, seven locations across the east side, the greatest br- breakfast burrito you'll ever have in your life. And Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. I've got a new commercial coming your way about them that shows you all that they can do. The main event's up next. I'll see you tomorrow.